Glory to God. It plows the soul. Ready to receive the word. I am really blown away how the Lord works in synergy. Because what you just spoke is my entire message. Obedience. Give me a minute. Wow. Stretch your hand forth towards me, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, you've anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are captive, and to proclaim the acceptable year of our Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you that no incorruptible word comes out of my mouth, Lord, only what brings grace to the hearer. Father, nobody came to hear me. They came to hear the Father speak. Let all flesh from me flee now in Jesus' name. Only what the Word of God comes forth in Jesus' name. Amen. I told you about a dream that I had earlier and um, yesterday afternoon the, the Lord began to give me the interpretation of the dream because when things come at you and they're wide open after you get to a certain level in discernment you see the wide open things that's not a problem but when things come sneaking in and the devil's crafty it's the little foxes that come in that you all of a sudden don't catch and then he builds upon it, builds upon it. It's like putting your hand on a stove and then turning it on and it gets hotter, 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 and hotter and all of a sudden it burns you. Well, y'all heard the, the dream I had. The Lord was saying, careful where you step because you're stepping in the wrong place. Get back on the path, the clear path that you could see. Remember? There's a snake, there's a snake, there's a snake. Now all of a sudden, I can see the snakes. Now the king snakes are devouring the rattlesnakes, the protection. She's full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and then the last snake at the end that had the audacity to get in my path, the eagle came, and I saw the eagle drive the talon into the back of his head. You know what that was? And the God of all peace will crush Satan under your feet, and great grace will be upon you. the first dream I've ever got that God actually gave me the interpretation and I didn't have to go to somebody figure this out somebody please figure this out <laughs> you know it's amazing man the word of God it becomes alive and it, it revelation comes to you in ways that you never imagined isn't God good isn't his love good Man, all he wants to use, you know, my wife, I saw something that was on Facebook the other day. This was a little cartoon fellow, and he's looking up at God, and he goes, all I have to give you, and he's holding, a, he's holding his heart, and it's broken. He's holding it up, and a voice out, in a, in a, you know, the character coming out of heaven and saying, that's all I wanted. That's all I ever wanted was your heart. Just all of your heart. I'm glad I got my wingman back tonight. You ready, wingman? Okay. Glory to God. 
There's going to be some crying tonight for us over. Feel it coming. How many of you remember when you were a kid and your mom and daddy said, don't do that? Y'all remember that? Okay, and then you said, why? And they said, I was the only hell my mama ever raised. Because it was always, why did you do that? Because I wanted to. And then the dreaded, any of y'all remember your dad unloosing his belt and the sound? Oh, you got to hear this. Hold that. Hold it. Things that still make me cringe. Why did you do that, Carrie? Because I wanted to. I learned that I could run in a circle. I was fast. In high school, I run a 4440. Any of you athletes, that's fast. That's fast. For a little guy with short legs, I could motor. And my dad, grabbing me by the arm, I could outrun the belt. He got through. <laughs> He's about to pass out because he can't, I can outrun the belt. I remember one time specifically, he said, when you get home, oh man, that ride home, it, I was like Johnny Cash. I hear the train coming. It's coming around the bend. I mean, I knew I was on, I was in for it. And I get home, man, I ran to my room. I put on about 14 pair of underwear. I did that. I did that. I did that. And daddy comes in there, and I mean, he is wailing on me. I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, it ain't hurting. This is cool. And daddy just keeps wailing. And I said, this, if I, got, I finally figured out, I've got to weep and wail here, or he's going to beat me to death, or he's going to have a heart attack before he gets done. So I went I screaming and hollering, oh, daddy, you're killing me. <laughs> Bam, 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 around and around and around and around. So finally, you know, it was so funny because I always, I remember these things so vivid now because when we're through, he would sit there. He couldn't breathe from my running. But you know what? What did, why did your parents tell you, don't do that? Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't be with him. I grew up with people like him. Don't do that. Why were they doing that? Protect you. Who said that? That was my prophet back there. Glory to God. They were trying to protect you. And I learned quick, if I was going to be disobedient, not only did I get my exercise, I got my rear end tore up. Many times. You just don't know. Many times. So obedience is better than sacrifice. Wow. How much more does your heavenly Father love you? Put Romans, what was that, 4-2 back up there? That, that verse hit me. 
Was it no? It was. Was it four two, two four? Yes. Are you unmindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent, to change your mind and inner man to accept God's will? How much more does your heavenly Father love you than your earthly mom and dad did? How much more? A lot more. Oh my goodness. We've been talking about the intuition of the Spirit all week and Lee, or last couple of weeks and Lee's been doing such a great job that God, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us right here in our intuition and when we hear that intuition we must begin to act and be obedient and when we don't it's going to be not good. Too often we seek guidance every other way except the way God said it was to come. We judge by our physical senses or we look at the things from a mental standpoint. So when we hear the intuition of the Spirit speak, don't do that or do that. And you immediately begin to go into a rationale, rationale of process. That's where you're messing up right there. We judge by our physical senses or we look at the things from a mental standpoint and we deny what we are getting from the intuition of God and we go do it our way, the way we rationally think it ought to work and effectively at that point you become your own God because you've now fleed from the presence of God. You have cut him off and he retreats back in because of your disobedience. Ooh, y'all quiet. Wingman, thank you. When we cut God off, he retreats back into the Holy of Holies in that place until he can come back around again and he'll see if you'll be obedient again. And here's, here's the process. And I can write a book on it because I've lived it for so long, especially as when we're born again. You generation 2Xers, I love you guys. I affectionately call you this because you are the second generation coming in here. The, the um, Robin and, and Curly, you 23 to 30-year-olds that are coming in, get this right now. Don't do what I did and what Gene did. It took 20 years to get to the point where we go, okay, God, I hear that, and you know what? I'm now going to be obedient because what I've been doing is not working. So I'm going to listen to what you say, right? So you cut yourself off from the presence of God. You flee from the presence of God. You're going to do it your way, and here's what happens. Now, all of a sudden, you still, you still love God. You're still born again, but you're staying right here in this position, just the born again position, because you're not, you've determined in yourself, I know what's best. You don't. Trust me on this, you don't. So you run to the pastor and you go, Pastor, fix me. I'm broken. What do you mean? I can't feel God. I don't feel His presence anymore. Nothing's working in my life. Well, have you worshipped? No. Are you in the Word? No. 
No, because you fleed the presence of God. You've turned Him off because you're not willing to be obedient. Right? You've turned Him off. So, as most pastors do, they're nurturers. Right? And most pastors go about things the wrong way because they're not even discerning like they should be discerning and they just want to calm that spirit down because they got a golf game at 1.30 and you're cramping their style right now. So he calls out, well, you know what? In, in, in James it says, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. Problem solved. There's a second part of that verse that's never mentioned. It's never mentioned. It says, cleanse your hands, all you sinners. And don't be double-minded. What is double-minded? It's trying to have one foot in the world and one foot on God's side. It will never work. You'll be miserable stuck in this one position for 25 years trying to figure out what I've done wrong because you don't have sense enough just to be obedient. That didn't sound good, did it? Have sense enough. Well, it really is true because you don't have the revelation. Now you do. Be obedient. Oh, my mercy. Draw near to God. This is is James 4.8 if you want to write it down. Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Stop it. Just be obedient. All He wants is your heart and He wants to show you the correct way to go so you to protect you, to keep you from the snakes. Whew. And you got me when the Lord started revealing that obedient thing that's just beating in my chest. It's just beating in my chest because, man, I've been there. I stayed there so long, so long trying to get to God, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop being my own God. Knowing that I needed him, even when even when the when the intuition came and was giving me instruction, oh, I didn't want to do it because it didn't feel good. It didn't fit my narrative. It wasn't what I wanted. Amen. I cannot rationally think like God can. His ways are what? Higher than my way. Thoughts are higher than my thoughts, and his way, ways are higher than my ways. Did I get that right? The highest level of reality that exists in heaven, on earth, and under the earth is Jesus. That's the highest level of reality. Amen? So just like your earthly mother and father would say, don't do that, or do that. Come here, go there. It's for protection and it's because He wants to lift you. In James 4 and 9, I believe it says, humble yourself before the Lord and He will what? Lift you up. Spring, you can read lips. I see that. Man. But you know what? Glory be to God. He is a God of second, third, fourth and a hundred chances he had to be over a hundred for me because he wow I am such a blessed man that my God is so long suffering with me what I would have given Marvin to be your age and know what I have now and to be your age again knowing what I know now 
Because when then, by the time I got to my age now, so I employ you two Xers. I say that affectionately. You two Xers, because I love you. God has given me such a love for you. Y'all don't know it, but Kim, Kim and Drew is going to help me. And about in a couple of weeks, we're all going to meet. We're going to have a social with just you two Xers. And we're going, to, we're going to do some teaching on marriage, do's and don'ts of dating, and just general relationships. Y'all ready for that? Say amen. Wingman. Wingman, we got to work on the hallelujah thing, okay? You got a little bit more excitement on that. Just a little bit. All right, I want to take you to the Word. I want you to turn to Jonah. Book of Jonah, chapter 1. Tell me when you're there. Jonah, the book of Jonah, chapter 1. One thing I left out, I was going to say a second ago. Many times we ignore the inward witness and we seek sensational and we miss the supernatural. Many times we ignore the inward witness, we seek the sensational and miss the supernatural that is right there all the time. All right, here we go. Here's a great example of just what I'm talking about, okay? I could give you 1,400 of, of my examples, but I'm going to give you one that's, that's better than mine. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of the Amidai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But, here's the problem. Anytime you see a but, there's a problem. In more ways than one. Okay, that was flesh, God, I'm sorry. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down. Remember, any time in the Word, when they go down, there's another problem. He went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You cannot run from God's presence. You cannot run from God's presence. Now, here's where the rational thought process comes in. What you receive is exempt from a rational process. What did he receive? The Word of the Lord. Did it make sense to Jonah? Evidently not, because the brother jumped on a ship going as far away from Nineveh as he could go. It will be independent of any reasoning. Reasoning comes after the receiving. What did he do? He reasoned. He started reasoning. Well, let me just give you a little history lesson really quick. Nineveh was a great, great city from 600 to about, no, excuse me, 800 to about 612 B.C. Nineveh was exceedingly wicked, the word says. Why were they wicked? Because they attacked Israel on every side continually. For over 200 years, they were at battle with one another. Nineveh was so wicked, and they, they, they went into psychological warfare. They would behead their opponents, and they would 
build a pyramid of heads. That's pretty rough. Okay? I'm trying to give you a picture of what Jonah's thinking. Jonah was a nationalist. He loved his country. He saw his country that was being torn apart by the Assyrians. That was the Ninevites. So he was absolutely patriotic to his country. Politically, he hated them. He wanted God's judgment on them. He wanted, God, burn it down. You want me to go preach repentance to these people? Burn it down to the ground. Kill them all. That's exactly what Jonah was thinking. Why would he flee? So you got to know a little bit of history about what Nineveh was. In the book of Nahum, 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 right. He refers to Nineveh as the city of blood. Wicked, 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 wicked. They would stake people. They would cut their arms and legs off and stake the corpses. So the armies, anybody that was trying to come in, they would see this. This is how wicked they were. God said, their wickedness has come up before me. God will judge. He will always judge. He's long-suffering, but He will always judge. So Jonah, here's the word of the Lord. Here's the reasoning process. It didn't fit his narrative. We're still on that same process. It did not fit Jonah's narrative. Again, he hated the Ninevites. He hated the Assyrians. Verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind to the sea, and there was a mighty temp- <coughs> excuse me, tempest on the sea, so the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo threw the cargo that was on the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest part of the ship and lain down and was fast asleep. You know why he was fast asleep? Because when you flee the presence of the Lord, depression sets in. What do you do when you're depressed? You sleep. Fleeing the presence of the Lord. He was probably exhausted. I know any time that I've been disobedient, it exhausts me. It exhausts you. Because you're continually trying to get back right, but you don't want to give. You're continually, you love God, you want to do what's right, but you want to do what you want to do. Double-minded. I love this. So the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, sleeper? (laughs) That's just funny to me. What do you mean? We're dying up here and you're down here sleeping? Arise, call on your God, but perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know who causes trouble that has come upon us. Now, God has a sense of humor. Y'all with me? So they cast lots and it fell on Jonah. There was probably a hundred men on that ship throwing stuff over. Let's cast lots. They all got in a big circle and Jonah's going, hey, I don't care. You're a bunch of pagans anyway. Let's cast lots. (laughs) Pick your straw, Jonah. Oh man, that's a short one. I'm in trouble now. 
That's the short line. So it falls on Jonah. Then they said to him, please tell us, for who, whose cause is trouble to come upon us? What is your occupation? <laughs> That's funny. I'm a servant and a prophet of the Most High God. I'm in disobedience. And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? Now listen to this. Listen to his answer. He said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. <laughs> you fear him and you run him from him. Y'all follow me? Isn't that what we do? Yeah, we still fear God, but we run and just as hard as we can run. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of God because he had told them. Man, Jonah's bearing everything. Now hold on. If Jonah would have stopped right then when the lot was cast, and he said, Father, I have failed you and I have sinned. I repent before you right now. The storm would have ceased. It would have ceased because he repented. That's all God was asking Jonah to do. Just be obedient. But Jonah's hardened of his heart. He didn't care. How many times have we done that? After it, it retracts back in, back into the Holy of Holies. And then we go a little bit further and a little bit further. And then God comes back out. And you feel that, you feel, all of a sudden you feel the presence of God again. Oh, I made it through it. I got it my way and I did it. It's all good now. Only to have that process go around again. And you go through the same thing again. It's torture. You're torturing yourself. You're doing it to yourself. What shall we do to you so that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more Temptuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me in the sea, and it will become calm for you. For I know this great tempest is because of me. Now he realizes this is all on me. So now Jonah's still so stubborn. Throw me in the sea, I'd rather die. I can't imagine that. Why say, so, well, why are you being so hard on Jonah? I'm not being so, I'm not being hard on Jonah. I don't want you to be so hard on yourself. Because God's waiting. He's sitting here waiting. He's like the, the caption, that's all I wanted is your heart. That's all I wanted. Remember? All I want is your heart. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. For the sea continued to grow more temptuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord. Now they're praying to the Lord God of Israel. We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it's pleased to you. So they picked Jonah up and they threw him into the sea. The storm was the rebuking. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. These were the pagans. 
that now are making sacrifice to the Lord God of Israel, making vows. God will be glorified even in your disobedience. Amen? Now the Lord had prepared a great fish. Here comes the scourging. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. For death, burial, and resurrection. Every time we're disobedient, we have to go through a death, burial, and resurrection. It all starts with, I relent, Lord. I give. It's got to be obedient. It's got to be obedient to your call. Whatever you tell me to do. Chapter 2. Then. Y'all remember what I said about then? That's the next moment in time. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord God from the fish's belly. What a prayer. I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you have cast me in the deep into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look. This is what I love about this. Yet will I look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds are wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains and the earth and the bars behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Now repentance has come full circle. He's now saying, I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And then the Lord spoke to the whale or the fish, whatever it was, and he spit him up on dry land. So after he goes through that whole rotation, he went through the chase, chastening, the rebuking, and he just didn't care. He was still ready, scourged me. I'm ready to die. Man, that's some strong conviction. That is such a strong conviction of rationale. But God loved the Ninevites. By the way, Jonah was the only prophet that ever went and preached repentance to a Gentile. The only prophet that ever did that. And I love verse chapter 3, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Am I doing this right? Are y'all, are y'all following this? Okay. Is y'all awful quiet? I know when we start preaching about obedience, it isn't the coolest thing. You'd rather me be shouting about heaven coming down and people getting saved. What, what amazes me is the fish heard the voice. Yeah. And we can't. Man, that's a sermon. The fish heard the voice and we can't. That's a sermon. 
Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Remember now, death, burial, resurrection. Arise and go to the great city and preach to the message that I tell you. Anytime God gives you instruction, it's for a reason and there's a provision for you to fulfill that instruction. It doesn't matter whether you understand it. You can't understand what, how God thinks. You did your head bust wide open. I know mine would. It's just, it's not about trying to figure it out. And us emeralds, Drew, us emeralds, Wendy, us emeralds, is it sanguine? Is that the equivalent to an emerald? Oh, facts and figures. Emeralds are facts and figures. Got to have it all laid out in front of them. I think it's Sangram. Melanchol. Melanchol. Anyway, if you're into the Psych 101, I got to learn that. I really have to learn that. Anyway, if you're if a tight personality, well, you've got to figure it all out. You're going to be a really, really unhappy person because all God wants you to do is become like the little child. Follow. And just, just listen and obey. Joshua, stand up. See? Sit down. That was easy, wasn't it? Nothing to it. I love my wingman. All he wants you to do is to be obedient. Long and short, Jonah goes into Nineveh. Nineveh was 60 miles across. It was a big, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how he really preached that message. But it was so effective. See, God knows what he's doing. It was so effective. And God still loved these wicked people. That the king said, everybody fast, even the animals fast. You don't even drink water. We sat around. He said, put the animals in ashes. And they all repented and the city was saved. God didn't destroy the city. God is God of second, third, fourth, fifth chances. But you'll never be go, you'll never grow in the character of God until you begin to fulfill and listen and be led by the Spirit of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are what? Sons of God. If you're not going to be led, you're still saved, but you're still going to be right here, never moving forward. And that's why we have a whole country full of miserable Christians. Because they're not maturing. Because once you start being obedient, yeah, it's tough. There's times my flesh, uh-uh, I don't make sense. Mm, i got to figure it out now. No, you don't. But that's why you're miserable. Because you're trying to figure it out. Become the little child. Amen? I don't like this message. <laughs> I love you, Marvin. <laughs> When his love begins to bathe over you, and this is this is the key. Because God knows who you are. He says he pities you, he knows you're just flesh. What he said? He pitied me a lot. <laughs> he pitied me so much. But he loves me so much. And when I started figuring out Lee that he loved me that much, it revolutionized my life. 
it changed me so radically from the inside out because I began to think like he thinks. Yeah, I still go through that rationale sometimes of, man, I can't keep figuring this out. I just can't figure it out until all of a sudden I get it. I don't need to figure it out anymore. I don't care to figure it out anymore. God, you got my back. Got you covered, brother. Had you covered from the moment you spoke, from the moment you opened your mouth. I have you covered. I'll never leave you and I will never forsake you. Just do what I ask you to do. We'll do great things together. Following the intuition of the Spirit, I'm going to give you one example. This, this happened to me. How many of you were here the last time I spoke? It was a month ago. We had, we had three beautiful young ladies get saved. and My buddy right there, Curly, she was one of them. Her name is Courtney. She's, she's beautiful. and We love her so much. And she said, I could, I could use this so she won't be embarrassed. But, but we were in the conference room, right? And we went into worship, heavy worship just for a few minutes before the service. And Gene said, Carrie, I had a vision. He said, you went, into, you went into church, you were in this church preaching, and the young people started coming down flocking, and they were weeping and crying, and they were coming for salvation. And everybody left the room, and I said, Gene, you said there was two visions. He said, it was the same vision twice. Same vision twice. Okay, well, that hit me. And I walked through the door, and as I walked through the door, Courtney was the first thing I saw. And the intuition right here hit me. That pressing, that voice, that ember voice. Tonight's her night. She will be saved tonight. I heard it loud and clear. But there's a process we go through. If I'd have ran across the room over there and go, you need to repent tonight because Jesus is going to save you. If you don't, she just met me the night before. She'd have ran out the back door and never come back. You know, you have to let the whole thing develop. There's a time to, whoa, stop, then go. Amen? So as I'm on with the message, on with the message, what I had heard when I walked through the door, I began to commune with it. The communion function. I begin to discern. It's amazing when you begin to walk in the Spirit what I can see in people by looking in the eyes. It is amazing. And as I'm preaching this message, sift, shift, and lift. Don't cry, Courtney. I'll cry with you. I begin to discern. And I saw her. And the Lord took me off my script message and I said a few things. And I looked and I knew it was And I said. So now that discernment now was becoming up here. My soul, it was cook, cooking in. I knew it was right. What I had heard when I came through the door. I, there was no rational thought process when I came through the door, remember? None. I came through the door. That word came. Poof. Okay, well, I wasn't thinking through the door. I, I didn't even know her. I met her the night before and invited her to come back. It will be independent of any reasoning. I didn't reason it. I just knew I heard it. And because I'm in relationship with the Father, He said, my sheep know His voice. See, there's times I hear Him loud and clear, and there's sometimes, you know, I still have growing. 
right? So it goes a little further, goes a little further, goes a little further, and all of a sudden, what I heard when I walked through the door, it became concrete. It became concrete in my spirit, and then it hit my soul. It was concrete there, and then it manifested in my flesh. I said, somebody here tonight needs Jesus as their Lord and Savior right now. And Donna's grand, granddaughter was the first to come forth. And, I, you know, my mind was fixed on Curly. That's where my mind was because that's, that's all I had went through the whole process, the whole night. Little Jewel will come walking down. She's halfway down. She's weeping. Gets to me, she's weeping. I'm weeping. We go through the sinner's prayer. Then Jasmine comes down. She's halfway down and she's weeping. And she's crying. And I'm crying. And I kept saying in between, there's another. There's another. I wasn't going to let it go because now it was concrete. It was concrete in my spirit. It was concrete in my soul, and it was going to come out of my mouth. There's yet another. I even stopped you, and I said, wait, I'm not done. There's another. And I repeated that thing that I had said the first time, didn't I? It was about the things in the secret place. And I saw her eyes, and she thrust out of that chair, and she came down here, and she was weeping and crying. And I'm weeping and crying again. Listen to the intuition of God. Listen when He speaks to you. Be obedient when He speaks to you. Amen? What time is it, Todd? What time? 10.33? Wow. All right. Todd, that song I gave you, I want you to put it on for me. I want you to listen to one song. I'm not going to keep you much longer, okay? I'm just going to trust God. One song. Please.